Welcome into the Wagme Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Garini, joined by my co-hosts, Nick Musto, Alex Morrison, and Tyler. How are we doing, fellas? Doing really well. Glad to be back for another episode. Yeah, can't wait to get this one going. Let's do it. So it's week three. First, follow our socials, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, at Wagme Fantasy. Don't be shy. Connect with us on our socials. Um... Subscribe to our newsletter, Winning with Wagme, at wagmefantasy.com. That's all you need to know. We're getting into week three now. Uh, Nick, you and I are two of the only teams that are 0-2. Al, are you 0-2? I am indeed 0-2. I think we're the only three people that are 0-2. So maybe in a 12-team league, uh, you look at these standings, and you see three of the four hosts to this episode are 0-2. Tyler, on the other hand, is looking invincible. I wouldn't say that one, but yes, I'm two and zero. He's two and zero, but I. How many? Do you have like the least amount of points scored in the league, or second <laughs> to least? I have to have the least. There's no way I don't. Because I I outscored pretty much everybody, but still handed an L. Um, Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are fun to own. They really are. No, I'm not the least luck. Oh, I know. Deep blood got. 157. Tyler Tyler floods the least. Oh boy, what a chump! What a chump! When it okay? When is it time to worry about Derrick Henry? Is it time? I mean, the dude struggled this week. He had 13 carries for 25 yards, one touchdown. Week before, 21 carries, 82 yards. Is it time to be concerned about the first round running back? Nick, um, I'd like to say it is. Uh, it's hard to run on the Bills. So that, that game last night, um, I think, can be noted with an asterisk. But they have no uh, receiving game that affects the defense. Ryan Tannehill looks awful. This offense in general, their play calling looks awful. So they can't move the ball. And when they can't move the ball, all they have to do is shut down the run game. And Henry's not going to be able to break away for three touchdowns and 130 yards on 25 carries this season. It's just not possible. Yeah, um, I do not think it's time to worry. I think he is still, you know, has proven himself in previous seasons that he will be good. Um, so I'm not quite pressing the panic button just yet. Um, I'm gonna give him till after week four and reevaluate. But I think I think right now it's a little too soon to push the panic button. I'll give him I'll give him another game or two. I think one of the good things about Derrick Henry's game is that he didn't really need like a good passing game to rely on to open up the field. He could just run people over. Obviously he's not doing that right now, but we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I think this week he just had a really tough matchup in Buffalo. Uh you still survived. It's not like he scored less than five points. Um he should have had eight and a half points. Problem is he's so one dimensional. He's a one dimensional asset. In fantasy, you know, he either finds the end zone and runs for 150 yards or he doesn't. Similar to Nick Chubb. I'm not ready to panic on my first round pick. I, I feel like, you know, he's ran the ball 34 times in the first two weeks. He's fine. He'll do okay. But yeah, you're going to have to start looking a little cautiously at whether or not you have a true RB1 on your team or not. Alex, I'm going to turn this right around. F- for you with another running back, Ezekiel Elliott. You're an owner of his in our league. Are you panicking on him? Yes. Um, <laughs> especially with Dak out. Uh, I believe 
uh, Tony Pollard outscored him last week, um, and he he he's just not touching the ball. Um, I I don't know what it is. I don't know why, but yes, I am panicking. He had 16 touches last week, 10, 11 in week one, including that reception. But yeah, Tony Pollard looked far more effective with the ball in his hands. The eye test certainly favors Pollard. So does the fantasy um, stat sheet as well. Zeke's only scored 5.9 for two consecutive weeks. I think it is time to begin to to appear concerned. Nick, are you worried about Tom Brady? Uh, yeah, uh, no, I'm not worried about Tom Brady. Sorry, let me go back to Zeke real quick. Do you know how many rush or receiving yards he has this season? Like single digits, zero maybe. I know he has negative seven. Negative I have seven. more receiving yards than Ezekiel Elliott this year. <laughs> okay, Tom Brady. I am not concerned about Tom Brady. I think he's. We're going to talk about him later as a buy low candidate right now. The guy has not had a healthy receiving core to start this season, and he's played two solid defenses. The Saints are one of the best defenses in the NFL, and the Bengals, or the sorry, the Bengals. The Cowboys, Micah Parsons just obliterated that offensive line. There's not many players like Parsons in the league who can single-handedly change a game like that. Um, it gets easier for Brady throughout the season. And when Godwin and Evans and even Julio are all healthy, when he has all three at once, this offense is going to be back to normal, throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns week in and week out. Tyler, is there anybody you are hitting the panic button on early season? One that perhaps might be like your starting tight end or something? Well, I'm not going to panic because if I do, I'm just going to throw my whole team out the window since I wasted like a fourth-round pick on him. But, yeah, Kyle Pitts is kind of scaring me. <laughs> Two catches, 19 yards, and back-to-back weeks to start the season. Yeah, uh, it, listen, I'll buy him on the low. You can have Cole Komet, um, and I'll take – Kyle Pitts, neither are inside the top 32 tight ends, so let's just call it even. Well, did you see the quote from his coach? Like, some a reporter asked him something about, like, you know, why is he not getting the ball? And they said, well, this isn't fantasy football. We're trying to win. But I, he, I feel like a good recipe for success is throwing to the six foot eight dude. Yeah, who's, who's going to be a receiver in the next couple years because, you know, he's not going to qualify to be a tight end. Pretty much is already. Um, Drake London definitely has supplanted him as Mariota's top target this year. Is there anybody else? I'm going to give you three wide receivers. You tell me which one you are most concerned about with their slow start out of the gate. DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf. Nick, which one worries you the most? Um, Well, I was fading DK Metcalf, so I wouldn't have drafted him as high as these other two guys, A-Rob and DJ Moore. So I'm going to ignore DK because I've been fading him the entire offseason and the season. Um, I'm more scared of DJ Moore because we expected more out of him. A-Rob kind of gave us this week what we expected from him. He should have had two touchdowns, but one was called back because a medical staff person saw someone who they thought had a concussion on the field, which ended up not being a concussion at all. So they took a touchdown back from Allen Robinson. So I'm not really concerned about him. He's providing what you expect. DJ Moore is just underwhelming and it's Baker's fault. Alex. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with Nick on that. I think DJ Moore would be the one on that list to worry most about um, simply because Baker looks awful. 
and if DJ Moore is the number one receiver there and he's going to have the top corner on him all game and Baker can't throw the ball to begin with, um, yeah, I, I worry about him this year. Tyler, can yeah. I go off the list? Absolutely. Darnell Mooney. <laughs> I think you should be beyond worried with him. 1.8 fantasy points last week, 0.6 fantasy points this week. And you would think in a PPR league, how does a receiver get less than less than one point? But, yeah, he had uh, negative four yards on one catch last week, <laughs> this week. Did you uh, drop him? No, I'm keeping him. I He was my one of my breakout sleeper darlings this year, and I'm going to double down with it. I feel like this Chicago offense, new head coach, new regiment, um, give it some time, and I pray that his talent prevails, and I think it will. He's a good playmaker. He just simply nothing's been in sync yet for Chicago. They'll get some better weather, easier opponents. Yeah, this week. week one there the the tsunami they were playing in. So yeah, you got to watch that game. I feel like um, Darnell Mooney. The yeah. Bears. They're averaging fourteen passes a game. There's plenty of receivers on the waiver wire that have scored more than, like, was two point six points this season. You think so? <laughs> I, I I would I would hope so that your waiver wires have better options than two point six points. So personally, are, I'm dropping him. He's, he's taking up space. Wow. I I would not. What was that stat? They only had like 19 plays in the second half on offense. They ran 41 total plays, I think, in the entire game. But, like, that's ludicrous. That's 10 a quarter. How do you play a football game with only running 10 offensive plays in a quarter? You know, you're a professional team. That that indicates that you're getting maybe one good drive a, a quarter, if that. Not even, yeah. Two, three and outs. Three, three and outs. Whatever. Okay. I'm going to give – we're going to do waiver wire rankings real quick. Ryan Larson, our writer for the Winning with Wagme, our newsletter, he creates these. He's a pro writer for Roto Baller, and he also is in Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings database. And so one of his tasks for Fantasy Pros to keep uh, in their system is he's got to make his w- weekly waiver wire rankings. And so he ranks the top 50 players available on the waiver wires on average, which means that you're owned in less than 50% of the l- leagues that we're pulling data from. Number one, Garrett Wilson. I feel like that's a automatic selection. He's picked up on most deeper leagues, um, but again, on average, he is on the waiver wire. Monstrous week two performance. Eight catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Rookie looked really good. Number two, another rookie wide receiver, Jahan Dotson. Three touchdowns in his first two games. Dotson looks to be in sync in that Washington Commanders offense. That has been a delightful surprise so far this year. Number three, Raheem Mostert. Nick, you got it. You got a good look on the Dolphins offense. Was there a significant difference with Monster in there compared to, oh, say, when Chase Edmonds was the man? Yes. Raheem Mostert started the game, so that should be an indicator as to who is the RB1 on the offense. Um, I prefer, I know Chase Edmonds was drafted much higher than Raheem Mostert. Um, Raheem Mostert's probably on a lot of waiver wires, as we're saying right now. He's the number one pickup. Um just based off production, Mostert looked better. He looked more involved. He was on the field more while whilst also starting. 
Um, he, I think he's the running back to have in Miami and in what looks like to be a very good offense. So I'm I'm definitely hanging on to Raheem Mostert, and I'm hoping for to be able to start him. Um, I think a number one running back on a very good offense is something that you want to have. So, yeah, I really like Raheem. You gotta have Miami's Miami's backfield accounted for. Just too valuable of a position in an offense to leave out. So grab him if he's on your waivers. Number four, Kenneth Gainwell, running back for Philadelphia. Didn't really get a whole lot of action this week in their blowout win, but still a guy that is capable of getting a couple receptions, uh, providing quality depth. Number five, Sterling Shepard. He appears to find his footing in the Giants' offense and their receiving room. It, it appears that new head coach Brian Dable favors Shepard over, oh, say, Kadarius Tony, one of the most electric and talented young wide receivers in the league. Number six, Jacoby Myers had a monstrous performance for New England against Pittsburgh this past week. Number seven, rookie Traylon Burks. He had a pretty solid outing. It seems like he is a top two option uh, for Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Number eight, Logan Thomas. Longtime veteran tight end for Washington. Nine, Khalil Herbert. A very valuable handcuff in Chicago. And lastly, rounding outside the top 10, Tyler Algier. He had 10 carries for 30 yards. That was it for his debut with the Falcons. But he still has the, you know, double digit touch touches. That's somebody I want on my bench. He's got good standalone value. Al, give me your week three stardom at quarterback. Uh, I'm going with a guy that I was forced to go with because Dak got hurt, and through the first two weeks, I'm kind of happy I was forced to with Carson Wentz. Um, Man has thrown over 300 passing yards each of his first two starts. Um, they're not necessarily getting away from the run. He's just not afraid to huck the ball up either. Um, he is making a connection with some of his young receivers, and I, I like starting Carson Wentz this week. Nick? Um, at the quarterback position, I'll go Kirk Cousins. Um, Detroit has not looked good defensively. Um, they, speaking of Carson Wentz, they let him have a huge game for 300 yards. I think what, 27 points, I believe, is, is what it was. Um, and I'm looking for a shootout. The Vikings are definitely going to want somewhat of a revenge game after um, what happened on Monday night, getting torched by the Eagles. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson has a big game, and I think Kirk Cousins of course, follows along with that. Tyler. I'm going to move on to running backs and say I'm going to be starting CEH this week. He's been he's had two great weeks now, and he's just going to continue to do well. He goes up against the Colts this week, who's struggled to face the Jags in week two, so I think he's going to have another great week. I like Aaron Jones again. Uh, week two Aaron Jones is a different breed against Chicago. Now he faces a stout Bucks defense. But it really doesn't matter. When Aaron Jones touches the ball, great things happen. You can just tell he's the best player on the field when he's on the field. Um, when the ball's in his hands, he's ripping off 10-plus yard runs. Uh, you saw his talent just ooze through the screen against Chicago. And you can't really discredit Chicago. Um, their defense is what it is. They're still a professional NFL defense. Um, and Aaron Jones looked like a man amongst boys. So roll with him again. He's one of my favorite starts week in, week out. I feel like he's got to get the ball in order for them to stay in the game and win. 
and the Bucks are going to be a shootout with them. Um, so Aaron Jones is my start of the week. Al, any other starts or sits at the running back position? Oh, uh, running back, no. I do not have anything. I was going to move on to receiver if, if that's Go ahead. with you guys. Go ahead. Um, healthy Gabe Davis is going to go crazy against Miami's secondary this week. Um, they just gave up a ton of big plays to Baltimore, um, and no discredit to Baltimore's offense, but um, I think the Bills' offense is obviously way better than uh, Baltimore's offense, and I think that um, Stephon Diggs is going to get locked down a little bit this week, which is going to open up some passes to Gabe Davis. Nick, what you got? Um, at the receiver position, I'll go Cortland Sutton. Uh, we were a little nervous about him after week one with Judy breaking off a big 67-yard touchdown. Um, but it was a bit of a broken play. And then Judy goes down in week two, and Sutton performs great. And with Judy's health questionable heading into the week, he may play, he may not play. And if he does, he'll probably do so in a limited fashion. I would expect Sutton to be peppered with targets and be Russell Wilson's number one guy. And Russell Wilson is getting a lot of flack right now, but He's thrown for, he threw for 340 yards. I think it's week. just he's not. Denver's offense needs to settle down. Nathaniel Hackett, new head coach, uh, was the offensive coordinator at Green Bay. I feel like he's just everybody's settling down. There's a lot of variables that change over the offseason. An emotional week one game against Seattle, um, a slight hangover against a lesser opponent in Houston week two. I think Denver is on track. Uh, there's a lot of veterans in that offense, Melvin Gordon, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton. They're going to gel together as the season advances. And, yeah, Cortland Sutton's a week-in, week-out start for me. I especially like him if Judy's absent. I'm going to go to a guy that I'm sitting this week. That's Christian Kirk, although he is the wide receiver five right now in fantasy. Uh, had a spectacular showing to start the season. First game, six game or six catches, twelve targets, over a hundred receiving yards. Second game, six for six on his targets, two touchdown or two touchdowns, yes. And then now he faces a Chargers secondary that's loaded with Asante Samuel, JC Jackson, Derwin James. Fast athletic secondary. I don't see Christian Kirk. You know, he's a slot guy that plays vertical. I don't see him getting freed up. I don't like him this week against the Chargers. He's on my sits. Yeah, someone. I agree. The Chargers. Have... <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. No, all you, all you. All right. As we kind of talked about earlier, someone else we're going to be sitting this week is Justin Fields. The Bears' offense is just not doing anything. So until he proves he can score some points, I'd keep him on your bench. They just suck. They suck. Uh, Chicago sucks incredibly disappointing there's no other way to put it tight end my stardom of the week Zach Ertz DeAndre Hopkins is still out the Rams defense has not been all that spectacular even with the acquisition of Bobby Wagner um, I see him producing very well I think he's going to be a constant target hog especially until Hopkins returns Nick what are you doing at the tight end position this week um, I'm starting Tyler Higby. He's had 20 targets in the first two games. A uh, bit of a surprise because he was somewhat of a letdown last year following a great 2020 season. 
Um, 2021 was a little bit of a letdown. Now he's back in 2021. Uh, he scored 10 points, or uh, sorry, uh, 14 points or last week. Uh, it looked great. Um, he's he's kind of moved into Matt Stafford's number two target in this offense, which we all thought was going to be Allen Robinson, but it's turning out to be Higby, and he's he's always open down the seam. He may not he's uh, has a chance to score every single week just because of his large frame, and Cooper Cup can't do it all. Someone else has to receive in this offense. That's why I'm worried about Allen Robinson, or I at least included him on my players to worry about. He only had five targets this past week. Um, in two the week prior, and the one was just a dud. So you're talking about seven targets in the first two weeks. There's no Van Jefferson. What happens when Van Jefferson comes back? You have Tyler Higby well involved in this offense. I'm worried about Allen Robinson's volume. I feel like he's got to show more in order to um, wear off that or defend off that caution I have towards him. But let's get back to tight ends to sit this week. Dawson Knox, I can't start him. I just can't. He's too touchdown reliant. He did have four receptions for 41 yards this past week. So uh, it's like, hey, he got eight points without finding the end zone. But I just don't want to play those odds of him finding the end zone in a, a, a week where I start him. Josh Allen was about a yard away from getting him like, you know, 25 points, though. He almost had that. Huge touchdown that Allen overthrew him by maybe a yard. So it's a duality of football right there. Uh, he's he's throwing a ball fifty yards in the air to his t- big tight end. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I might I might disagree there and start Dawson Knox this week. You can fade me all you want. You're still owning two with me, buddy. Hey, see, I would also start Dawson Knox, and I'm two and zero. So what are you gonna say to me? Uh. I probably have more points scored than you. <laughs> Does that matter? I got the higher It rank. doesn't. It doesn't, unfortunately. I wish I had a consolation prize. By lows, heading into week three. So we're at the tipping point for a lot of fantasy owners' patience with underperforming stars to start the year. They now have two weeks of data. They're um, more inclined to jump to conclusions now that they perhaps have seen the same thing twice. My first buy low is Tom Brady. He had, he has 20 total points on the year. Um, he's 45. You know, people are wondering whether he's on the end. Uh, this everlasting star, future Hall of Famer, is his career finally over? Is he out of his phase of eliteness? Um, he's someone that I'm encouraged to trade for because Nick, as you mentioned earlier in the show. He hasn't had a full receiving room yet to his disposal. When he's got his arsenal of weapons, he's he's an elite fantasy option at quarterback. Um, he's just a year away from leading the league in pass yards and pass touchdowns, so I, I'm not really concerned about him him fading away. I think it's just a slow start, and Tom Brady's someone that I'm trying to buy low heading into week three. Nick, how do you feel about that? You're you're a Tom Brady owner. Um, you and I have been in negotiations for trades. What do you have to say about Tom Brady being on my bylaws? I mean, you're right. But the thing is, I struggle selling him at a low price because I agree with you. I think that better days are to come for Tom Brady this year. The offense will settle down. They have a new coaching staff. That's been a bit of an issue. Everybody has to learn a new scheme. 
and he hasn't had his receivers. Once he has his receivers, which isn't going to be this week either, he's not going to have Mike Evans. He might have Godwin. He might have Julio. So this week might be another down week for Tom Brady, but end of season, I love him. He's someone that I also want to buy low if I'm not an owner, and I'm not going to let you buy him low. We will see. We will see how the (laughs) negotiations handle. Um, What if I told you he has the least amount of completions through the first two games since 2014? Does that worry you, huh? How about Chris Godwin's hamstring issue? Um, Or Julio Jones' hamstring issue? You're not going to get in my head, man. Mike Evans' suspension. It's basically another bye week you have to deal with Tom Brady already. Um, Dog shit quarterback. (laughs) You got me there. You can have him for a bag of chips. Yeah, someone else I'm buying low right now is ETN. He's had a really tough two, first two weeks, but uh, in both of his games, he's been on the field for fewer snaps than Robinson, but he's still out-targeted him in both games this year, and he's been an effective receiver. So we're kind of expecting him to have a better finish this year than he started. Yeah, I feel like he's someone um, both him and Robinson are returning from season-ending injuries, and ETN's in his quote-unquote first year in the league you know he didn't have his rookie he didn't play at all last year so it's still his quote-unquote first year he's still coming off a season-ending injury himself I feel like he's going to be phased in more often throughout the season he touched the ball only 18 times to start the season which isn't that bad that's nine a game and he's got 120 yards uh 118 exactly so I feel like he's been a very efficient ball carrier it's just the volume's going to increase. It has to increase in order for him to have fantasy relevance. Nonetheless, I'm still trading for him this week. Nick, any more buy lows for this week heading into week three? Um, I'll go to another quarterback, Russell Wilson. People are disappointed in him. He, he, I think he has two pass touchdowns on the season. I could check that real quick, but I'm entirely sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's two. Um, he hasn't looked great on on that side of things, the touchdowns, but the yards have been there, and this offense will settle down, as we talked about earlier. And managers is, or managers, sorry, are disappointed in him, so he is someone that you could buy for a cheaper price right now, and you can couple that with Judy, um, just because he's injured right now, and he may he didn't play much last week because of the injury, and he may miss time. Might be someone that you could that might be a stack that you could target. That's very interesting that you say that nick russell wilson trade for him i could never al give us our sell highs heading into week uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right um no tampering uh-huh. no tampering let's, <laughs> let's let's stick with uh the the quarterback theme um as much as i am happy that he's thrown for 300 plus yards two weeks in a row I don't see Carson Wentz and the uh, Washington Commanders offense staying at this high pace whenever they play um, a better secondary than the Lions. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that right now the hype is real about Carson Wentz. People are starting to buy into it, um, whether it's you know fake hype or not. I think you can get uh, more than he's worth right now, so I would sell him pretty high right now. Is he the QB2 right now? Is that what he is? Uh, in yards, at least, yeah. I'm not sure about fantasy rankings. It's two or three, and I just don't think he's going to stay there. So, yeah, it is an opportunistic time to sell him while he's high. Um, Curtis Samuel, I'll throw his name in there as well. I'm just not banking on him remaining the forefront 
um, focal point to this offense. You know, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson have combined for combined between the two of them, 22 targets. Samuel has 20. You can't convince me that Curtis Samuel is uh, light years ahead of Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson. In fact, I feel like the other two could be more talented than him. Um, I just think Carson Wentz, you know, he's averaging 325 pass yards per game, throwing a touchdown on 8% of his throws to start the season. He can't sustain those levels of production. I feel like he's definitely a given to drop off, and I think with him goes Curtis Samuel. Any other sell highs heading into week three? Nick, Tyler, anything? Any players to sell? Um, are we concerned about Eckler? You might be able to still sell him a high based on his name. But he hasn't gotten the red zone work. And he hasn't been – if it weren't for the last drive of that game against the Chiefs, he would have had uh, like 13 points. I'm not concerned. Um, it's it's Austin, 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 motherfucking Eckler. He's just a a dog. He scored 18 points last week, and yeah, points come in all different shapes and sizes. You know, who's to say garbage time points don't count as much as first quarter points? You know, he's still the starting running back in a high powered offense. Austin Eckler is not someone that I would sell high. Um, I would definitely keep his value. It's going to appreciate. Yeah, how about someone else? Garrett Wilson. He had 30 points last week, two 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 touchdowns last week. Uh, we don't really think maybe he might not be able to repeat that. If you could sell him now to someone who sees really high value in him, it might be a good idea. Yeah, and Joe Flacco. The Jets have thrown the ball 15 more times than any other team this season. Joe Flacco's attempted 51 passes a game. Flacco won't remain the starting quarterback for much longer. Zach Wilson comes back. Elijah Moore has had a quiet start to the season. Um, similar to, who did I just make that argument for? Terry McLaurin. Um, similar to Terry McLaurin in Washington, Elijah Moore is the most talented receiver in New York's offense. I feel like it will show as the season progresses. Garrett Wilson's first, last week was an outlier performance. If you can sell him high, now's the time. So I just want to get this out of the way. Tyler, how the hell did you win last week? My guys find a way. Team victory. Team just rallied behind you. We just get it done. I don't know. If 85 points are what it takes, we'll get it done. Al. Wow. Al. He, he, He was the least efficient manager this week. He had a potential to get 120 points, and he scored 85. And he won. I willed my guys to a win. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting over here. I get over 50% of my points from my super stack, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. That's just a given. I got 125 points. I think that was the third most, no, fourth most this week. Still a loss. Um, just the how fantasy football plays out head-to-head. Al, meanwhile, you had a brutal loss. I don't. I don't oh, Jesus. So Al lost by 4.2 points, and he has Aaron Rodgers on his team, right? Well, that first touchdown by Aaron Jones was initially ruled a receiving touchdown. So Al got the four points for that pass touchdown. As well as the 
you know, 15 yards, which, yep, which got me above that's the point over, two. That's yeah. over half a point. And so stack correction said, no, that was a rushing touchdown. And, Al, I'm sorry. That really hurts to lose that way. Yeah, especially whenever, you know, you watch the replay 70 times and every time you're like, oh, he's throwing it at least like a half a foot forward. So how it's not considered a shovel pass, I have no idea. They also uh, had a fumble um, on the exchange between him and A.J. Dillon that was initially reported as A.J. Dillon's fumble. And then Stack Correction said, nope, once again, that's your fault, Rodgers. Uh, so took two points away there. So, yeah, it was it was a rough week. Does it hurt even more being a Packers fan? I mean, they won. Like, I can't <laughs> I can't complain about that. But it came at the blood of your own <laughs> men. Yeah. Nick, yeah. you and I have to do something here. We're 0-2 each. Make another bet. That's unacceptable. <laughs> Make another <laughs> bet. Wait, what was our bet last we week? We didn't do one on air. Ah, oh, shoot. Okay, whatever. But, Nick, come on, buddy. Uh, Tom Brady... I know you have him. Listen. I know, you know, you're looking to shop him around. I got a super stack here that I'm willing to liquidate for good assets. You're – see, I, I I like the trade, but I am so high on the main piece that you're taking from my team, and I don't want to disclose his name on air. Joe Mixon. But it's it, – Shut the fuck up, man. Now that now the other people in the league we know can cut that. who you're targeting. I think Joe Mixon is going to have a like an amazing season. I think he's going to finish as a top three running back. He's just going to get so much volume once Joe Burrow gets his head out of his ass and Micah Parsons' hand out of his ass. Um, Mixon had 34 touches week one, 22 week two. That's insane. Yeah, it's something that you want. Yeah, and it is something I, don't know I want. I'm ready to trade it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to trade I'm thinking about it. I, I got high hopes for this team. I'm not going to lie. I've just been a little injury prone. We're going to get it going. Hey, I'm making no excuses. I'm 0-2. I did lose my RB1 in Elijah Mitchell. That sounds very much like um, an excuse. No, I, no was just, I was just – No excuses I was except just, I lost my I'm RB1. I, was, I didn't say except. I was just stating – a fact. I You're lost. Right. You said I did. <laughs> I lost Elijah Mitchell. Has nothing to do. No correlation between that and my own two record. I am this week's game of the week with Ryan Larson, my co-founder for Winning with Wagme, our newsletter. You can subscribe at wagmefantasy.com. But Ryan and I square each other off um, in week three. Who do you guys have, Al? Make your pick right now. All Is right. it going to be me or is it going to be Ryan? So so I'm looking at both your teams right now. Um, and I don't love either of your teams, and I don't hate either of your teams. So I think this is um, this is a, a hard pick to make. But um, also when two guys got to stick together, I'm going to go with you winning this week. Woohoo! I got confidence now. Tyler, who do you have? Well, you're projected to lose, but we know projections mean next to nothing. Amen. I find it very hard to pick against Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Even though he has Cooper Cup on his team, I'm still going to go with you and stick with Wagme. Nick, who do you got? I want to root for you. I do. (laughs) I do. But I can't. 
your your running backs make me laugh. Um, I'm going <laughs> with Rashad here this week. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> well, me being rational would say Ryan um, has a a majority chance of winning this week. His his lineup: Kirk Cousins, David Montgomery, Chavez Etienne, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Rashad Bateman, Gerald Everett, and James Conner, um, who could miss, you know, with his injury. My lineup has some holes, I'm not going to lie. I do have the QB1, Josh Allen. I have the current wide receiver one, Stephon Diggs. I have CeeDee Lamb, Alan Lazard um, to complement my wide receiver core. But then at tight end, I have Cole Komet. And then at running back, I have J.K. Dobbins, who's still returning from an injury. Tony Pollard, um, Ramondre Stevenson, Kenneth Gainwell, a hodgepodge of running backs. Nonetheless, I will stand courageous in front of my men and say we will win this week, guys. We will get over the hump. We will not be defeated any longer. I'm going with me, dobbing on these hoes. That's our team name. We're dobbing on these hoes. All right, guys. At least you have confidence now. I have confidence now. I'll have confidence later. Um, It's never weaning. So that's week three. That's our preview for um, this week. Good luck to all of my fellow fantasy managers, except for Ryan. Ryan, you can take the week off. Um, follow us on our socials at Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, at Wagme Fantasy. Subscribe to our newsletter, Winning with Wagme, at WagmeFantasy.com. Anything else, guys? See, shaking my head. No. Nick, anything? I'm shaking my head. All right, guys. Nope. We're going to get out of here, and we'll see you next week.